everyone, and welcome to this month's Game Club episode of the Hardcore Gamers Show. That's gamers with a Z. I'm your host, Vincent, and with me today are my guests, Michael. I forgot how we do these introductions. Koval. That's me. I think I nailed that. Uh, Kirk, shiny VMAX Charizard, embedded emu. You know, I had a shiny Charizard back in the day. I pulled a shiny Charizard a couple weeks ago. It was great. Uh, Nathan, PS1 port of Bloodborne, Ludol. Zooey mama. And that's who we got. Uh, we've got a great show today, and we're going to be discussing our game of the month to decide if we, it can win our hardcore seal of approval. Of course, to win the hardcore seal of approval, a game must get a majority vote of thumbs up. Half the vote is not enough. Uh, that game of the month, of course, is Devil May Cry 5. But before we can even get started talking about it, uh, I gotta ask you, Kirk, what have you been playing? You know, I've recently not had a ton of time to play video games. Uh, real life kicks in sometimes, but uh, I've just been popping into our Minecraft world and doing some maintenance. Our horses were kind of all over the place, uh, just tied to some fence posts here and there. So I uh, built us a stall to keep our horses. Now, I haven't played Minecraft since they added mounts, uh, but do you get to name your horses? You do. You have to find a name tag, which isn't a craftable item, but it's a world drop and like mob spawners and all that. Um, so we wow. don't actually have any name tags, so none of our horses have names. I see. <laughs> so I, I said mount kind of as a joke, but you're telling me Minecraft does actually have some like MMO elements to it where you can get like rare item drops on like creeps? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the chests spawn all over the uh, world. So like there's like nether portals or unfinished nether portals that spawn now that... Uh, have like chests near them there's mob spawners that have chests in them there's uh abandoned temples that have chests in them so there, there's like loot all over the world at now um and funny you say mounts because horses aren't the only thing you can mount in that game right now uh you can mount pigs they don't really cooperate with you but uh if you have a carrot on a stick they will follow the carrot oh wow <laughs> Are, are saddles craftable, or are those only findable? Saddles are not craftable. They're only findable. Um, but we have about 10 saddles or something like that, so I don't think we'll ever be short on saddles. <laughs> so we could all potentially mount pigs. Oh, yeah. We can have, like, a pig race and everything. <gasps> oh, my God. I Okay, as soon as this goes on sale, uh, PSN, <laughs> I am picking up minecraft because i cannot wait to join the server <laughs> oh yeah and and i had to light up our house more because a creeper spawned inside of it and blew it up oh my god <laughs> that was not fun but it's been overall a nice time of maintenance in the world excellent um following that up uh michael what have you been playing i'm seeing something on your list here that's got me interested yeah, so I picked up uh, recently Yakuza Like a Dragon. The PS5 release came out at the beginning of March, uh, so I decided it was time to jump in there. I've been hearing a lot of people talk about it. Um, 
that game is a ton of fun. Uh, I've been having a blast playing it. Um, so it's a turn-based RPG um, as opposed to the rest of the series, uh, which I guess are these brawlers. Um, I haven't played those, so this is actually my my first one in the series. But I'm having a blast with it so far. Excellent. Do you, do you uh, think that the turn-based combat uh, fits thematically? I think a lot of fans were very skeptical originally when they announced that Like a Dragon would have a turn-based uh, combat system compared to their normal uh, <laughs> brawler style. Yeah, it's interesting. I can't, uh, like I said, speak to the older games so much, but as far as a jumping on point to the series, I thought, um, I think it's it, it works out pretty well. Um, the game has a very funny sense of style and um, there's a lot of just absurd things that are happening. And your character, he is into video games and his favorite game is Dragon Quest. So, and he's he's so obsessed with Dragon Quest that that's that's how he sees the world, and that's how um his his fights play out, kind of in his mind is is in like turn based battle, um so it all comes together thematically, but it plays uh very fun and interesting with you know, uh different moves and element types and um items that you can use like the developers played Dragon Quest and know how to make a cool, fun RPG. And that's what the game reminds me of the most is playing Dragon Quest. Um, it feels very well thought out and put together like that. Oof. I am cool. in need of another turn-based game. And uh, the PS5 upgrade was worth waiting for because the load times are basically instant almost everywhere I go. And it looks great on the new gen. Oh. Excellent. Uh, speaking of load times, Nathan, I was wondering if you, uh, since I know you're still playing Bloodborne, how are the load times on that on PS5? Fast and buttery smooth. Really? Yes. <laughs> That's so surprising to me because having played the, uh, when it released on PS4 on the base console, uh, mm -hmm. those were some long loading screens lots of downtime in between death <laughs> yeah that's what i saw um when i was like looking up stuff about the game before playing it um i saw like everybody's like biggest critique of the game was that the load times were enough that you could you know go to the bathroom make yourself lunch you know get married file for retirement <laughs> in the span of an entire load time so but yeah um i don't know if it's just because like the ps5 um upgrade or, or not upgrade the, the ps5 itself or if it's because like it's been patched but yeah load times are like seconds for me to get from place to place and it's awesome loading screen tips are uh, a thing of the past uh it's like that uh you know in yakuza as well the loading times they're not even long enough to read the loading screen tips <laughs> um, well uh nathan uh what else have you been playing yeah, so I, besides Bloodborne Persona 5, I've been playing Crash 4. Um, it's about time. I grabbed it because it was on sale, and the official like PS5 version of it came out recently. 
that game rules. Um, <laughs> super, super fun. I don't know if any of you guys have played the like older Crash games or if you got a chance to play the Insane Trilogy, but it's like it harkens back to that kind of quality platformer. Um, it's also stupidly hard. Uh, but yeah, it's I've been having a lot of fun with that. Yeah, I I did play uh, the Insane Trilogy. I thought it was a lot of fun. Like I I played Crash uh, back in the day as well. Mm. Uh, the the original versions. How does four stack up? I honestly like after playing because I played the Insane Trilogy. I've played a couple of like the like lesser ones, like you know Twin Sanity, Wrath of Cortex, and all that. Mm-hmm. This is the best Crash game, like out of everything. I'm not even like <laughs> kidding. This is wow. the very best crash game it's the hardest one as well (laughs) but it is the best crash game in my opinion i might have to get that yeah it's really cool and like what they do with like the adaptive triggers too is like some like most of your like jump moves and everything is pretty much the same but like they some of the like characters have like a stun ray for like cortex or like a grappling hook and you can like feel it with the triggers and it's it's really cool i do love the haptic feedback those adaptive triggers are so sleek. Um, but you've you've also been playing something else, right? Other than uh, platformers, kind of like uh, <laughs> the opposite of a platformer, I would say. Yeah, in every way possible. I've been playing Fire Emblem Three Houses again. Um, I played this about a year ago, and uh, represent you know Black Eagles, you know, with my girl Betelgard. Uh, <laughs> Edge Lord, I could have guessed <laughs> all the way through. I will live and die by Betelgard. Um, so I've been playing that because I recently got into the DLC, which is like its own side story altogether with the Ashen Wolves, and uh, it's uh, pretty fun. It's just more Fire Emblem. That's great. I tried well i guess i didn't try i played a lot of fire emblem three houses around december of uh 2020 and uh i felt myself like kind of going through the story a lot more than i had before but Mm -hmm. uh i i felt just not quite invested enough in the individual characters uh tell me nathan do you have like a favorite character and uh can you tell me like if if wooing Petra will be worth it in the end, because that might be what gets me to finish out the game. Yeah, um, my favorite character besides like it's Edelgard, and uh, it's like kind of cheating because she's the leader of the house, blah blah blah. But I mean, like I really enjoyed like the interactions part of the game, and I feel like if you don't enjoy that, it's kind of tough to get through because that's like a good 60 to like 70% part of like portion of the game. It's kind of like a life a school sim, right? You're, you're going around teaching like these kids and like trying to level them up. So they do better on the other half of the game, which is the tactics combat. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I really enjoyed just talking and hanging out with the students, even if it was just like mundane tasks, like getting lunch with them or having tea with them or whatever. Uh, and some of the conversations go further too, depending on how far along you are in the relationship with them. And so I, I really enjoyed those aspects of it and seeing it how it played out on the battlefield side of things. 
and when you do get to the end of like your romance options i think it's satisfying enough to like to do it because like there's like a thing at the very end of whatever storyline you go through they have a thing with whoever you're romanced with and it's i don't know i think it's pretty cool that's interesting um yeah i found myself not really enjoying tea time as much because i felt very bad about like not getting perfect tea times every time and i felt that some of the uh dialogue options kind of betrayed a like character's intention you know i felt that playing through uh persona 5 uh the original one sometimes that like you know you can say what you believe is like a socially acceptable thing but mm -hmm. the negative impact on your like interpersonal relationships could set you back from like min maxing uh which is you know uh an important strategy to think about in these tactics games right sure sure and i i will say i think fire emblem three houses is a little more forgiving in that respect than something like persona 5 royal um i think are you striking out with makoto nathan no <laughs> no um no it, it's all good um it's just easier to max out all of your like students if you really want to um and mm -hmm three houses the game just gives you enough time and enough like activities to do so uh, it, it's just such a big focus of the game so okay well excellent it's, uh, it's funny that uh you couldn't you didn't stick with that one vince uh, that one because uh the that three houses gave me uh very strong persona five vibes I but, think maybe it was just the huge map, <laughs> just the really big overworld. I got lost. Yeah, I, I guess that I say that, but I also love Persona and didn't quite finish uh, Three Houses myself. So uh, I, 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 I think, don't even know why I say that, I guess. <laughs> I think the interactions in Fire Emblem are a little less personal than they are in Persona 5, to be fair. Oh. Well, I felt like I, I almost got a little overwhelmed as well because you um, can have relationships with the people outside of your house even and you've already got like 12 kids or whatever it, as part of your house but um, if you wanted I think you could recruit and then build up relationships with uh, people from the other houses as well it kind of just became like oh there there's too many people here that are trying that all want my attention byleth is such a flirt <laughs> uh they're speaking... hot for teacher yeah <laughs> um those kids i uh well folks i think i may have mentioned it in our last episode but yes my ps5 did arrive hooray I am yeah. officially in the next generation. I'm a I'm a zoomer now. I'm zooming around on my PS5. I played through Astro's Playroom, felt entranced by the DualSense and controller. Uh, what a cool little piece of hardware! It's um, the best controller ever made. Yeah, and I think that the the tech demo that is uh, Astro's Playroom to like show off the computational power of the PS5 while also being like uh, an active showcase of the DualSense and its capabilities is like so smart. What a slam dunk! 
Yeah, that game is uh, brilliant. Um, just tons of fun. And like you said, just a great showcase of everything that's going on with PS5 from the haptic feedbacks uh, in the controller and the load times um, jumping between the worlds was super oh, fun. Man. First time you boot it up yeah. and you hop into the portal to the new world or whatever, <laughs> and you're just there instantly. Welcome to PS5. I can't believe how fast these load times are. I I cannot believe it. I was playing that, and uh, I was playing uh, some Spider-Man Miles Morales, and uh, to to sort of uh, go back on a point we mentioned earlier about load times so fast you can't read the like tutorials like tutorial tip screens like. I did a fast travel at one point because I was like, oh, I just want to get over here. So like I take the subway and mm -hmm. I remembered in the uh, 2018 Spider-Man that the subway was like a really cool, funny, like fast travel, like workaround because then you could see like Spider-Man scrolling through his phone while like sitting in a bus. But like I can't even see what that loading screen looks like because I just take the fast travel and then it's like, okay, uh, we're transitioning to this area now. Here you go. <laughs> it, it, it's instant. It's wild. It is. Um, and the game, the game that I want to talk about and the game that I've been seeing this effect most positively in is Dark Souls 3. I'm Whoa. back, baby. Whoa. <laughs> I uh I haven't ever finished Dark Souls 3. I played it uh up to a pretty like far point. Um I can't remember. I think I was fighting Pontiff Sullivan, or maybe I Ooh, yeah, defeated Pontiff a... Sullivan. Pontiff Sullivan is a run killer, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely uh took the winds out of my sails uh before. And I think I wasn't paying attention too much to my uh, skills, but I'm running a uh, dex intelligence build. Uh, I'm working on some spell swords. Very interesting, um, yeah. Uh, and I've had uh, a guest of the show, uh, Chris, helping me out, uh, helping me uh, with Dark Souls, because I stream sometimes, twitch.tv slash voodoo doll, D-A-W-L. Uh, cause I can't change my <laughs> Twitch name. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's no longer accurate with your PlayStation name. I know. Is it? I'm going to have to make another new Twitch account, but like, I feel like I've just used all the emails I can. And Chris even said like, I made an account so I could watch this stream because I forgot my passwords and <laughs> Twitch requires <laughs> nuclear launch codes to get into your account. Um, which is true. I hate that I have to like send a token every single time I try to log in my computer. But that's not the point. The point is, when I die in Dark Souls 3, I'm instantly back. I'm instantly learning from my mistakes. And like, I'm exceeding at like a incredibly fast clip. I'm just like destroying sections of this game, like outpacing enemies because I can like think ahead of what they're doing or just you know throw myself at them until i figure out their pattern and like i can do that confidently instead of having like that minute wait in between respawning and then like getting back to where i was before you know it makes the game more celeste like or hotline miami like with an instant restart yes oh my gosh that yeah, is very much how demon souls is too on the ps5 yeah, 
I've heard. I look forward to playing Demon Souls when uh, that goes on sale uh, because I've had Dark Souls three for a while and I just haven't finished it. So I figured now's the time. But yeah, I'm also playing. Uh, just to wrap things up, I'm also playing Loop Hero. That's a weird game. <laughs> it's a fun game, but it's a weird one. What is your favorite class in Loop Hero? So far, it's Soldier. But I haven't even finished the first uh, actual like quest line, um, and I haven't tried out Necromancer, so I can't say for certain. Ah, um, yeah, but I hear good things, and it's giving me some like. Uh, Slay the Spire meets um, like team fight tactics kind of vibes. Does that make any sense at all? It's sort of. I kind think of, so. Sort of. I know it's like an auto battler thing, and, that, and a lot of people have compared it to like strategy uh, card in a sense. That's what the Spire means. Yeah. Do you think um, it will come to consoles, and do you think it'll be interesting for console players? Uh, I think it should come to consoles. I think there's an uh, easy way to do it and a difficult way to do it. The difficult way to do it would be to um, try to give you total cursor control, um, mm -hmm. like you're operating a mouse. Uh, but as anyone who's ever used a joystick as a mouse cursor will tell you, it sucks. Um, so I think what they should just do is like up the speed. Um, and uh, make your like cursor movements for like card placement like quick, or like you can select quadrants and then like specify within a quadrant. I think it would be an easy thing to uh, to localize to different consoles. Um, there's no way this isn't eventually coming to the Switch. I mean, it's a Devolver release, right? Like, it's got to yeah. come to the Switch. Yes. Oh. <laughs> That uh, wraps up what we've been playing. When we come back from our ad, we'll tell you a little about our game of the month, Devil May Cry. That's a joke. We'll tell you a lot about it. Stay tuned. <laughs> hey, all. Just wanted to say you could reach out to us at, at HGZ Games Show, that's games with a Z, on Twitter. And you can write into us about what you think of our game club a game of the month or discussion, or you can submit a question to Town Hall. Maybe we'll even have an opportunity for you to submit a game of the month to us. That's at HGZ Games Show, that's Games with a Z, on Twitter. All right, and we are back, gamers. Today, we're talking about our game of the month, Devil May Cry 5. Of course, we will be doing a deep dive into all parts of the game so expect some spoilers oh man y'all i was so happy that we could do this as our game of the month uh does anyone have like any initial like when you first heard about devil may cry what did you think about it so uh devil may cry 5 is the first one that i've played myself um i know that I guess previously I had a similar feeling that you had, which was that it was kind of a game for hardcore gamers. Um, mm -hmm. And 
uh, I suppose not that I didn't think of myself as a hardcore gamer, but after a certain point, I felt I had missed the boat um, because I don't think I was old enough to be playing the first entry of the series. And then, yeah, some some series have that where they just get up to a certain number and you're like, I don't really know anything about what's going on over there. Um, so this was my introduction to the series, really. Was this uh, anyone else's first Devil May Cry game? I know it was mine. Uh, same for me. I had nothing i didn't know anything about like the game series whatsoever i think i knew dante was a character but like that was it uh it's the first devil may cry i finished i tried playing the very first one because the first three have like an hd collection um packed together and i got my booty kicked in the first one and said no thank you <laughs> And then along came Devil May Cry 5. To uh, sum it up anecdotally, uh, Devil May Cry 3 was the first time I had ever heard of Dante, of Devil May Cry, of anything. And I knew it was a game that only my best friend's older brother, Jonathan, could play. Like, <laughs> And if you like look back at the series, like... You can definitely catch some like early 2000s Big Brother vibes just like reeking off of this game. To uh, to his credit, this dude also played Armor Core before anyone else was playing Armored Core, so he had some very good taste in hard games. But Devil May Cry Five, uh, the I suppose sixth entry in the series, not counting uh, mobile games, uh, released in March 8th of 2019, just past that two-year anniversary last week, y'all. Isn't that wow, something? Yeah, hey, we did, didn't we? Uh, it was developed and published by Capcom, and it is a character action game. So it revolves around playing these characters with their movesets in a sort of hack and slash environment uh this game devil may cry 5 uh was the uh first numbered entry in uh 11 years because devil may cry 4 came out in 2008 uh but in between that time uh there was a reboot or an attempt to reboot the series by a uh, developer uh ninja theory uh, which made a game called DMC Devil May Cry. Uh, DMC sort of like got away from the usual Devil May Cry formula, which is very like gaudy and goth and like Japanese cool uh, to more uh, Western cool. Uh, Dante now had short brown hair and scoffed at the idea of like a blonde or a white long haired wig. Um, and like, I think that pissed a lot of fans off. <laughs> I think a lot of people really yeah. didn't appreciate the westernization of Dante. Um, I, I'd love to hear what you all think about the, uh, control schemes of Devil May Cry, but they're pretty, like, unyielding. You have to press the buttons a certain way to, like, do something. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan, um, specifically Dodging was really hard for me. The amount of times I jumped instead of dodged was a lot. 
I think I ran into the same thing. There's um very specific directional um like bu button and direction combinations uh, mm -hmm. that you have to do. Yeah, forward and back is uh I think pretty unfortunately tied to a uh, character direction and um which, you know, I think it would make sense to do that uh with your character model like if you weren't locked on to something, but like if I'm locked on to something and I'm trying to execute a uh button command like i'm thinking in terms of like a fighting game where like a quarter circle back motion like is the same uh you know flips depending on what side of the screen you're on but like the motion is still the same uh mm -hmm. so like right. if if nero is facing like towards the screen then i have to pull like uh down and up in order to like try to execute one of his uh attacks that mm -hmm. I wouldn't normally have to like really or that I don't believe I should like have to work so hard to execute right yeah I, th I think the directional part is really what made it difficult in my opinion I, th I think there's a, a steep sort of learning curve at the beginning and it's also um I, I think compounded a little bit by the fact that you don't start out with a lot of your moves. So you're doing a lot of trying to figure things out at the very beginning. You also switch characters uh, pretty frequently too. So it can be kind of hard to master a specific character's move set because then you, mm -hmm. the next chapter might have you playing somebody else entirely. So I, I kind of struggle with that as well as like, my my biggest issue was when whenever you'd lock on to somebody and because of the nature of this game there's a ton of enemies around you so you're trying to get combos off on each and every enemy i would get locked onto an enemy but i was would try to fight the camera so i could lock on to another enemy and oh. in turn that i would keep getting hit like because yeah. there's just so many enemies swarming me and i couldn't successfully lock on to the right enemy at the right time to avoid dodge or hit mm-hmm Nothing feels worse than when you've uh, worked so hard to get your grade up to like an S only to mm -hmm. just get like hit by something like as mundane as like a, a jab from like one of those big blood suckers um, mm -hmm. that really doesn't do too much damage, but knocks your grade down to like a B. It's just like, come on, <laughs> but I was doing so good. But the game demands that you do even better. Um, the game director himself, uh, Hideaki Itsuno, described uh, the game as having a pretty low threshold for entry, but a high ceiling for uh, mastering and perfecting some of those combos, some of those moves. And, you know, I think uh, it's a pretty fair um, trade off uh, for the grading system because you can still pass a level with a pretty low grade but to get that high grade you really have to earn it um nathan did you struggle trying to get those high grades or did you find yourself pushing to try to get those high grades and succeed and get better combos uh for the most part so i played on normal and you know basically baby baby mode um <laughs> i played on normal and for the most part i would get a either an a or an s with most of the characters especially with v because you can he's a kind of like a mage character you can just spam 
a lot of his moves and just uh, dodge and get yourself out of the like fight itself. Um, I, yeah, for the most part, I didn't have a hard time getting enough combos in and dodging to get a decent grade. But at, at the same token, I know if I would have played on a actual like hard difficulty, I would have gotten my butt kicked multiple times and gotten C's or whatever and below. <laughs> I think that's a pretty uh, worthwhile point to make uh, because I, this is my second time playing the game. I played it once over the summer of 2020, and uh, I suppose it's been such a long time that like I can't really remember what it was like, like not having a bunch of the moves unlocked and sort of understanding the move set. Uh, because going in for a second playthrough, I went from the normal difficulty to like the next one, which was, uh, I think, Devil Hunter. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, before I tried that, the game automatically started me on Son of Sparta mode. And I was like, you know what? I remember this game. I'm good at video games. This is going to be a piece of cake. Uh, but after not having played Devil May Cry for a couple months, I was pretty solidly told to go back to Devil Hunter mode <laughs> by the enemies. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think there is something to say about like those harder difficulties do offer like some really large challenges. Um, Kirk, did you find the game uh, challenging enough for your difficulty setting? Uh, I did play on normal, so I found it. I I found it decently challenging, but I found the challenge more me fighting the camera and controls than the actual enemies themselves. Like with V, especially, I think he was a little bit overpowered. I got like a triple S rating, um, spamming triangle and then circle to finish. Uh, the very first time I played him. On like the first mission I played him, I got a triple S, and I was like, "Wait, what? <laughs> I didn't. I, I hadn't even achieved a triple S before. I didn't know what the max rating even was because uh, with Nero, I did find it a bit harder. Uh, but once I got V, I was like, "Oh, that's a range. It's just OP." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Griffin and uh, the Shadow. Um, I don't know what that big cat's called, but I think it's called Shadow. Um, I think it's Shadow. Yeah, they're they're huge. They're so big, and then as soon as you call down nightmare, you're just unstoppable. Uh, I think a lot of people uh, consider V to be one of the like easier players or characters to get those higher ranks on because he is like, sure. you know, very overpowered for a new player, uh, extremely overpowered for like a professional uh, yeah. Devil May Cry player. As, like, a new player to the Devil May Cry series and to, like, kind of combo action uh, games in general, I've never really played many combo-based combat games. Uh, v was just a cakewalk. Michael, did you have a favorite character to play as or any uh, character that you liked their fighting style the most? Ooh, yeah, um... That's a hard question, I guess, because I really enjoyed them all. I think um, V has one of the most interesting kind of fighting sets um, that I've seen around in a while. I don't know if I've seen another uh, fighter like that where 
yeah, as you mentioned, he kind of has these beasts that fight for him. Um, and he kind of stands around in the back. Um, and Dante has a lot of different moves that he can be switching between, um, especially by the end, between different guns, different swords, and all the different styles that you can switch between. But I guess if I have to choose a favorite, it would be Nero, because I found uh, him to have the most variability in uh, move sets, thanks to his double breaker arms and the different um, abilities that you could use with them. Um, and just his um, zip line in general uh, to pull yourself or enemies closer and also um, double trigger plays when you're fighting as Nero. So there you go. The other characters get uh, some other music, but Dante or uh, Nero gets uh, double trigger to play in the back when you're fighting as him. So he's objectively the best. Yeah, I <laughs> challenge any hardcore gamer out there to not bop along to move fast, baby, don't be slow. Like that gets me going so easy. Uh, we'll make sure to bleep that, but <laughs> it's <Yeah>. so worth <laughs> it. gets the people going. <laughs> well, um, one of my favorite parts of the game starts at the very beginning, and it's the title card, because they play that uh, song, and Nero like, jumps out of the car and is shooting a bunch of uh, demons and everything, and you're like, all right, this is the type of game I'm playing. Let's go. Yeah, know? this is That's the coolest video America, game yeah. to ever exist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to say as a quick aside that one of the remixes to Devil Trigger was actually my number two song of 2020 during my Spotify wrapped. Wow. It is a version of Devil Trigger that plays when you are perusing the gallery and it's a very like slowed down like chilled out version i think it's called tropical nights oh, um, interesting yeah I, I think there was another version that played over the credits i i don't remember if that was a different version or just the song again but i think when you're fighting as nero in the credits you get um devil trigger at least uh again mm -hmm. so uh guess on the show we have to draw some hard lines in the sand right now we have to vote for who is the best character to play in the game um michael it seems like your vote is for nero he was definitely my favorite character to play i will admit that i got more uh sexy smoke and styles with v because I, I think uh, I agree, and you guys are right, that for some reason his moves just build your combo a lot. Um, so fast. Yeah. Because you never get the hit. circle finisher. Exactly. Especially. You, just get a, you just get a stand in the background, and then, yeah, his circle finisher builds up uh, your meter so much. So hmm. I probably got more smoke and sexy styles, triple S ranks with V, but Nero, Nero gets my vote. All right. Kirk, what do you have to say? Uh, Nero for me too. Uh, the the zipline was a lot of fun personally. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed that a lot, and the um, the arms, the the variety in the arms was uh, fun to like learn. Like with like the Mega Buster as well was a fun Easter egg that was added in. I, 
I heard that was only added into the special edition. Yeah, I was going to say, I, Kirk and I at least played the special edition um, on PS5. And Whoa. I know that, um, I don't know the exact number, but I know that we got like a lot more uh, Double Breaker arms. Um, so I think that helped for Nero as well, as far as the variability in what you mm -hmm. can do. Did you, so did you two have a chance to play as Virgil? I started uh, a new campaign as Virgil after I had finished um, because you can do that in the special edition. But from what I could tell so far, um, it looked like it was a, a separate campaign that you had to start and play through. Um, so I just played the first level as him. So I might go back uh, to play some more to kind of experiment with his moveset. Um, because I did really like the combat uh, once I got towards the end and had sort of a feel for what's going on. Um, so I think that'll be fun to play another character, but I haven't I haven't gotten a chance to do a deep dive. All right. And Nathan, uh, do you know who your favorite character is? Yes, I do. It is my big, bad anime sword boy, Nero. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I uh yeah I was trying to figure out like who like I enjoyed playing as the most and it was a toss up between Nero and Dante. Um, I really just like Michael was saying before I really enjoyed Nero's grappling hook and just like being able to pull yourself to enemies and like it closes the gap a lot better than the other characters did. But Dante's just so much fun to play. He's just like kind of the iconic like devil may cry guy you know and between that and then his sin devil trigger is really cool you know you turn to a literal demon that's just i don't know i thought that was just cool the inner like 12 year old boy i mean was like Heck yeah um but yeah i really enjoyed both of them but at the end of the day i just like uh, nero felt like he could close the gap more and i could get more combos off um successfully with nero yeah, that uh that red queen and uh being able to uh combo in the uh revving um I think that's a skill you can purchase later on but like uh after you slash you can rev your sword and like build a stack uh to do uh, some more an instant damage. fill. Okay. Yeah. That's uh that's huge and there's huge uh plays you can use uh with the devil trigger um but y'all, I I guess I gotta be the the one that breaks the uh all all Nero vote because it's gotta be my boy Dante. For me, um, I feel like uh I had the most fun as Dante because I kept uh finding new ways to play as him that I really mm -hmm. enjoyed. Mm -hmm. Um, I suppose on my last playthrough, I was really like into Red Guard. Uh, as like a style because I um, had upgraded it a lot, but this time I just so couldn't get into it. And I realized that uh, all of your weapons, when you use the Blade Master like special like circle button, mm -hmm. uh, each weapon has its own like variation on that. When you're using Blade Master, it's not all just like spinning blades from like the the Rebellion or the Devil Sword Dante. Um, yeah. It's the the Cerberus staff be, or becomes the like fire staff. It's so 
Like there's so many different ways to play as Dante. And I was always so excited to be able to play as him because of that, uh, like variation and being able to experiment and find different ways to play. I liked Dante a lot as well. And, uh, by the end when i was kind of good it it felt really good to be you know constantly um hitting triangle but also hitting r2 to switch my main weapon hitting l2 to switch my ranged weapon and hitting every face button <laughs> in between uh to slice dice jump and move um you could get some really awesome motion going on the screen and it was a lot of fun playing as um, all the characters. I felt Dante too had uh, like I I really did miss the zipline uh, for Nero, uh, but mm. I thought his, uh, Dante's movements uh, through a Trickster, uh, as well as Red Guard or Blade Master, or um, even just like at the end of the game when I had like the double rocket launcher and going to guns gunsmith or mm -hmm. gun style um <laughs> the only time i would ever do that was to like fire off a huge rocket barrage and it was worth it every single time <laughs> nero doesn't have rockets <laughs> no rockets <laughs> um so i think if I remember correctly, Nero was introduced in DMC4, and you're right that Dante has been the main character um, kind of throughout the whole series. But in this game, did you feel that Dante was the main character, or did you feel like Nero was the main character? Or did you think that they did a pretty good job of splitting it down the middle? Because I felt like the start of the game is very heavy Nero, but the latter half of the game, I guess, is very heavy Dante. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Um, I I do think the story revolves around Nero a lot more. Uh, I think it is supposed to be like him taking the reins, sort of like leading the charge in this in this sequel. Um, but it is like always. I feel they're always going to return to Dante, right? That Dante is like the heart and soul of Devil May Cry. What do you think, Kirk? Do you think you would be able to play like the entire game only as Nero? Uh, no, I think I wouldn't be able to play just as Nero. Um, I would definitely need that variety. But uh, I think with like kind of a reintroduction, because again, it's been like 11 years since they've had... A release um bringing in like another main character that uh the story can kind of duly revolve around is i think a really good inclusion uh going forward for the next games do you think uh there's gonna be some more uh nero x dante gameplay in future installments oh most definitely i believe so yeah i wonder if this is like going to be their new jumping off point for Devil May Cry because um, at the end of the game, V, you know, sort of, like, becomes obsolete as a character. Like, do you think we're going to get a different playable 
character in like DMC six, like I would say that the ending for DMC five kind of like leaves the door open for more devil slaying, don't you think? Yeah, it it will be interesting to see what they do because I think DMC five did well and was well received. Um so I could definitely see them making another one. It sold uh, 4.1 million copies as of February of this year. Uh, yeah, no, nice. No slouch. Yeah. Um, but to pretty impressive. To compare that, uh, another Capcom game, uh, Monster Hunter World, sold, I believe, 11 million copies as of December 2020. And like... 7.2 million copies of Iceborne as well. Mm -hmm. Capcom is really doing some stuff right now. Can we talk about that? I mean, with Monster Hunter Rise coming out in like a week, they got more rolling. They do. But one of the things that really interested me about uh, Devil May Cry 5 and some of the other recent Capcom games is the use of the RE engine. Um, this engine was created specifically for Resident Evil 7 Biohazard and uh, has been used by Capcom in a, in a number of their projects since then. I think they used it for Devil May Cry 5 as well as uh, Resident Evil 2 Remake. And uh, did they use it for Resident Evil 3 Remake as well? Did anyone play that? I didn't play uh, 3 Remake, but I have to imagine they used RE Engine. Um, making a big new engine is a big investment, and I think it's paying off really well with RE Engine. Um, starting with Resident Evil 7, that game was so beautiful, and it just makes all of these nasty, gross monsters uh, that you're looking at um, just so believable. and gross you know uh mm -hmm. so them uh making dmc5 in it um was really awesome the like i said just the a demons detail, and yeah. lots of detail and grossness and you could feel yourself squeezing into those uh blood tubes that oh. you know would travel you to a new part of the level um just super gross super crisp in the re engine how did uh how did this game look for you two who played it on a uh, special edition on PS5? Oh, it was crisp, it was clear, like everything ran smooth as a day. I think it has hit the top quality for PlayStation graphics or PS5 graphics that is. Kirk, did you um play with performance uh or resolution mode? I or did played you with check? resolution mode. I, I did check mm -hmm. that it that is something I've had to start getting used to with the PS5 is uh deciding on what I how I want to play the game. And I played this one on resolution because I wanted to see how how good it could get. Yeah. I uh I played it on performance um because there I guess there are some games that I still do resolution on because I don't mind so much. Uh in this case, I wanted the fast-paced action of the 60 mm -hmm. frames. Um, and it, uh, it felt buttery smooth and still looked really great, I thought. But you do have that option um, in, the, in the special edition on next-gen. 
that's uh, really interesting to hear. I uh, really would love to play this game at a smooth 120 frames per second, but I just don't feel like that's going to be possible for a while, uh, or even like negligible uh, for a while. I think I can get away with just playing this game at 60 frames per second, which, by the way, I look forward to playing Special Edition at 60 frames per second eventually. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, people are excited about 120 frames. It's important to remember that you need a monitor capable of um, showing 120 frames, because yeah. I know uh, mm -hmm. my TV is not capable of that, so... And um, the system and the game recognize that if I go into DMC5 settings, it won't let me switch to 120 frames because my TV does not run 120 hertz. Yeah, yeah, same here. The game knows you're lying and says, <laughs> play it at 60 frames. Yeah, I don't, know how many... <laughs> I don't know how many TVs are ready for 120 frames per second. I think most TVs are still at 60 hertz. It's uh, mm -hmm. basically any TV that supports HDMI 2.1 is um, mm -hmm. basically what uh, how you're going to get the full capabilities of the PS5. And Well, and while we're talking about these things, how funny is it that the PS5 box um, advertises 8K, even though there's like zero 8K <laughs> products out right yeah. now? Um, they're Eventually, future though. future proofing. Yeah, exactly. They're future proofing the box already. I can't wait to play Celeste at 8K. That's gonna be the best <laughs> day of my life. Those crispy pixels, man. Those oh, strawberries. Man. It looks like you could really eat them, Just as jagged right as they are. TV. All right, hardcore gamers. Now I gotta ask you the really personal question: How'd you do? What was your average grade? I think my average was probably A. Um, I finished maybe one or two levels with an S, probably most of them with an A, and maybe only one or two with a C, and maybe one or two Bs. I had an average grade of around, like, probably an A as well. Um, I managed to get more S's than I initially thought when I was just, like, scrolling through it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I did okay. I got through the game. I... Uh, you know, didn't get my butt absolutely kicked and just enjoyed it. I'll be the trash one in this. Um, I <laughs> I don't do combo-y sort of things all that well. It, um, it's not my style of game most of the time, so I really only averaged like B or Cs, really. <laughs> not not my highest grade, that's for sure. And how many uh, gold orbs did everyone have to use oh, to make it all the way through? Look. I didn't have to use very many <laughs> until the final fight with Virgil. That's where I just spent gold orbs like crazy. Virgil's tough. Yeah. Virgil is supposed to be like... A, he's like... I don't know too much about Devil May Cry lore, and I hope that any listener uh, who is into it and gets offended by what I'm about to say, first know, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, <laughs> and second, uh, Virgil's the big bad. He's like Dante's brother. He's supposed to be like the strongest dude. So I think it makes sense to like lose a bunch of lives against him, but it still sucks. Um, 
so in my uh devil hunter uh playthrough i averaged uh b's and a's um some c's it's really t like sad to say that i couldn't like push myself to be the most hardcore gamer i'm still missing a couple moves without being able to get all those blood orbs i was dropping a ton of combos uh right at the beginning which made me feel bad but I was also working on a harder difficulty because on my human playthrough, uh, even on my first time, I averaged like all S's and A's and I didn't have to use a single golden orb. Um, mm -hmm. But it still sucked. <laughs> it was like, it was hard to get like beat over and over again, especially in like such a uh, like boss fight way i just felt like very silly about that because i was like i've beaten this guy before why can't i do it again <laughs> um so the game lets you go back and replay missions uh i think with any of the three main characters for most of them um do you think that you're gonna go back and uh Try to try to get those higher scores, or just stick with the game longer now that it that that it's over. Because I I thought it had a lot of replayability, kind of with with that in mind. Yeah, uh, I agree. I'm interested in playing more of it. Um, however, I think I'm going to wait until I can get the special edition because you know now I can. Um, but I don't know if my uh, save data will transfer, so I may have to play like two separate versions of Devil May Cry. It does not transfer. <laughs> I looked this up, right? Man, um, what's yeah. the point? <laughs> you, 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 uh, you can start with Virgil right off the bat, though. I see. Well, then, mm, that's tough. I think I will at some point want to uh, try to... I don't think I'm ever going to try to platinum this game, but I think I am going to like try to become good at Devil May Cry. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about going back because of this game and playing the older ones, because I have the three in the HD pack, uh, DMC4. Um, I don't have DMC for 2013, but it sounds like I really don't have to play that. So I think I'm going to go back and play through those. I had a lot of fun with it. Nice. Yeah, I'll be interested to uh, hear what you think of the older ones. I think um, some of the good things that I read about uh, Five is they they did some fat trimming, um, mm -hmm. where I think we mostly just get what people wanted. Um, you get in, you fight lots of demons, you go to the next part. Not as much like puzzling as maybe something like Resident Evil, which I would definitely like perceive capcom as a company that would like try to put in a lot of puzzles in their early games and the series um spawned from when they were trying to make resident evil 4 um I've, the the first game started as resident evil 4 and they decided it was too actiony too different and it became double may cry so that that wouldn't surprise me to see some of that like puzzle lineage uh carry over into the first few games but i think i think uh, dmc5 has less puzzles less platforming uh so i'm interested if those older ones hold up i uh purchased dmc3 uh for the switch a while ago the special edition um 
And I think one of the big draws to that game was that it had uh, the same like switching styles mode that uh, Dante had in Devil May Cry 5, uh, because I believe it wasn't uh, normalized before. I think you had to choose a style and then go into a mission. So you could only play with a dash like the trickster, or you could only play with like a parry like the red guard. Um, so I think that maybe uh, if you did want to play the old Devil May Cry games, Nathan, you may want to try the special edition of that one at least. Maybe save yourself uh, a headache. <laughs> but uh, that first Devil May Cry game uh, was the only one directed by Hideki Kamiya, who uh, of Bayonetta and Platinum Games fame. Mm. Uh, and I was wondering, have either anyone here played uh, Bayonetta or any of other kinds of those uh, combo or character action games? Kirk, I know you said that you're not really... Yeah, it's not usually up my alley, so I have not, unfortunately. The only Platinum game I've played some of is Astral Chain, which I know that's kind of one of the newer ones. But um, I definitely get a similar vibe um to like the kind of games that devil may cry like that genre but they're you know different just because you know platinum is just so wildly out there with their stuff <laughs> yeah and i played uh bayonetta and i never got around to the second one but uh i like the character action genre for sure I do too. I feel like uh, there aren't a ton of like uh, common character action games, or maybe there are. Like, would you consider something like Dishonored a character action game? Because, like, I don't know if I would, but I would probably consider God of War 2018 to be a character action game. I think you're right that something like God of War 2018 sort of carries along that legacy, but has evolved in such a way that makes more sense and feels more fitting to a modern audience and modern um, gaming sensibilities where I, I, you, you still do some like spamminess to your attacks, but something about them being on the triggers uh, feels better first of all. And yeah, it just, just, you can feel it's more modern. It's like sort of an evolution of that genre. But it's it's also like cool though that to acknowledge that you know because Devil May Cry Five is a little more traditional uh, character action than God of War twenty eighteen. It still plays well, right? We all like enjoyed it, and it sold really well. So it's cool to see that like yes, God of War kind of evolved and has gone away from that a little more, but like something like Devil May Cry can like kind of continue that legacy because there's still an audience for it. And, you know, they make little minor tweaks and quality of life improvements here and there. It's still probably going to sell decently as long as DMC6 is good. And I think, too, part of how and why it found its success is that, you know, they, they went all in with it. They put it in RE Engine to make it look great. Uh, they gave us the most bombastic fights and so much uh variability between all of the characters um you know they they didn't half-ass this entry mm -hmm. 
All right. And I think that brings us down to the moment of truth. Does this game receive our coveted hardcore gamers seal of approval? Now, it would be joining the ranks of such games as Katana Zero and uh, I think that's it, right? Just Katana, just Katana Zero? Zero yeah. <laughs> yes, K- Katana <laughs> Zero is our, our only yeah. currently uh, so hardcore then seal I approved. Suppose game. the only criteria is did you like this as much as you liked Katana Zero? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, who would like to start with their vote and uh, a little summary on how, why they're voting the way they are? Uh, I'll go first and um, I'll just uh, get it right out there. This one gets a big thumbs up from me. Um, I guess kind of like I said, as my last point, I just really like how they went all out with this one. Uh, they didn't half-ass it. They gave us a super fun uh combat action game that uh looked really awesome and yeah it was just a blast the whole way through all right so that's one vote for kirk what do you have to say a vote for me really (laughs) (laughs) no uh it's a thumbs up for me maybe not quite of as enthused thumbs up but uh i considering this isn't necessarily my genre but i think the game specifically um shined a lot on the bosses i really enjoyed every boss that i fought um but the the combo-y arenas for me getting to the boss were a little bit more of a drag for me but um the i i think anybody that likes the combo style or the character action games this is a this should be one of the titles they play i kind of want to ask as someone uh kind of completely new to the genre let alone the um series did you enjoy this enough or at all um enough to play more or be interested in a a future release like a devil may cry 6 i think i'll be interested in a devil may cry 6 but i don't know if this will have devil may cry 5 will have a lot of uh long-term playability for me because i think my biggest gripe on it that i didn't get at was um being locked down in areas when I was progressing through the map, it felt very, um, just very sluggish to me. Like, I, I had to be locked down in that area, then I had to get be locked down in the next area. Uh, whereas, like, I'm more used to, like, the Souls sort of games where I have to, like, mm-hmm. where I can freely progress through the area to the boss. But I would be interested in a Devil May Cry 6. All right. That's Two votes for Nathan. What have you got to say? We well, my vote is a thumbs up from me. Um, hey. I really enjoyed this game. I I have a little bit of experience with like character action games and like hack and slash games, but not like a ton. Kind of similar to everybody else here. Um, but you know. Besides not like playing the like earlier entries in the series, I think DMC five does a good job of catching new audiences up with the story. You know, there's that video at the start menu that you can watch. It's like four or five minutes long that gives you a good 
recap of the entire series. And I, I really enjoyed that. And it does like a good enough job that a dummy like me can like kind of fumble his way in like knowing who the characters are and like what's going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, like just between that and the combat was super fun. Graphically, it looked amazing. Um, I was playing on PS4 Pro and then switched to a PS5 to finish it up. And it just looked great on both. Uh, yeah, I this was a really fun time. All right. And folks, I think this may be our first unanimous uh, vote because it's getting my thumbs up way, way up. Uh, I love this game. I elected for this game. I campaigned for it. Uh, I asked to play it again because I liked playing it so much. Uh, I think it's great. I think this is an excellent game to uh, cut your teeth on and really uh, get into these sort of like harder uh, fighting style character action and combo based games. Uh, and I sought this because I wanted to get better. I found myself very like not into Sekiro and not having the patience for it and being like, I wish there was a way that I could use my skills in this game in like an environment that would like allow for their like maximum potential and that's devil may cry like cranked to 11 this game is oozing style and it's like a beautiful combat system across three very distinct characters uh yeah i'm enamored with this game of course it gets my thumbs up and it becomes the game of the clubs hardcore game of the month hooray i don't think yeah yeah uh capcom you can be expecting your plaque in one to three business years uh paper (laughs) drone drew by a (laughs) five-year-old yeah (laughs) here we go um well great uh i'm glad you all enjoyed the game so much any final thoughts as we wrap up here uh, last thing I wanted to say is that even though um, most of the story I think can be tossed as mostly nonsense, it it was well voice acted. Um, I thought they did a, a good job with, um, I guess, the translation and just performance. I thought it, it held up well. I agree. This is a very over the top kind of story. And uh, when it was acted, uh, Mm -hmm. you really got a sense that these characters were believing the situations they were in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. And I think that's a good way to give our special thanks to Brad Venable, the voice of Griffin. Uh, Brad unfortunately passed this year, uh, but he was a voice actor known for his role as Griffin V's bird companion and honestly like probably one of the consistently funnier aspects of the game where everyone else takes the world so seriously uh brad's performance for griffin really brought out a fun like iago-esque like hilarity to these very tense moments so uh thank you brad and thank you to the creators of devil may cry 
that's gonna wrap it up for us that is going to conclude our game club episode of the hardcore gamers show uh we look forward to seeing you next time thank you so much for joining us and we will see you in the next month where we will announce our hardcore game of the month for april 2021 uh until then uh thank you kirk michael and nathan for joining me my name is vincent and this has been the hardcore gamer show gamers out Until then, uh, keep on gaming. Do we have a sign off for this? <laughs> we probably don't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Finn. <laughs>